How do you build your life back up when you're stuck in a rut? After the impossible happens, where do you go after hitting ground zero? I'm Mike Draper, and on this podcast, we're talking about what's next, and we're bridging the gap between where you are and where you want to be. While you may not know why you're in it right now, my guests in these conversations will help you get unstuck and into possibility. Let's do this. Hello again, Mike Draper here. I have Danny Bates, the one and only. She's been with me from the <laughs> beginning of my Instagram TikTok shenanigans. She's been here since I I basically started. I don't know who followed who first. We were just chatting about this, but Danny, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you here. Thanks for having me. Yes, we were just chit-chatting about how I'm in my garage, you're in your family room, and we're, yep. we're making it work, making it look good, and, yep. and and tearing it up. So, And we were just chatting about, um, so your story, could you, could you give a quick, because people might not know who you are, um, yeah. and so what is your quick story that uh, is going to relate to what we're talking about today? So I uh, was widowed three and a half years ago. My husband died by suicide, and I had two little girls at the time. They were three and ten months and I started like sharing stuff on social media, more for like my friends and family to kind of like be like, guys, it's not great when you take your life. It really sucks for those of us left behind. And um, I had a video mm-hmm. go viral. This is back in 2019 where things that went viral were like a couple million, you know, but I got like. I don't know, right, 12 right, million yeah. um, views on a video of my daughter, and it just kind of grew from there. So I've just done suicide prevention since then, talked about being a widow, <laughs> all the fun things, yeah. <laughs> parenting all alone. Things. Single life, parenting alone, the, the yep. aftermath, the grief, the, uh, Dating. the pain, the humor in the pain sometimes, and yep. like dating that's fun mm-hmm. and so fun uh so much fun i'm so excited <laughs> so, <laughs> love it it's interesting how certain accounts will will resonate with a lot of people based on on how hard of a topic it is to talk about or just like how not many people are talking about that certain topic so yeah so suicide is a whole topic in itself right mm-hmm. and then being a widow is a whole topic in itself mm-hmm. single parenting is a whole other topic mm-hmm. in itself and for you this all happened literally in a moment right like all this like your life just changed in a moment right and so yep. uh, and for you to be able to talk about this on this podcast for you to be able to talk about it on social media and share share your process it says a lot it's huge right it's it's one thing that i've learned and i've kind of mentioned it before we started recording here was um i didn't realize how many widows and widowers are following me right my accounts yeah. all single life dating mm-hmm. single parenting stuff which obviously inevitably would include people who have been widowed and right. it wasn't until i did some in- instagram polls that there's about a 1%, it was like when they did the poll, it was over 1%, mm-hmm. um, which would equate to 2,000 people or so, but you know, I would estimate mm-hmm. at least 1,000 of the audience's widows. And so yeah. a lot of them have messaged me and they say they relate. They don't comment. They don't, yeah. the ones that at least follow me, they don't comment. They don't talk too much about it. Yeah. But they say like, Hey, I was widowed and this is what happened. And like, I really appreciate X, Y, and Z. And yeah. so I, I you know, you can talk about whatever you want to or not want to, but the, the whole reason I'm asking some of these questions is yeah. 
is literally to help serve the people that do follow me mm-hmm. and I know follow you and even ones that don't follow either of us that don't know what to do next, right? Like the whole yeah. whole name of the show, yeah. like what's next, yeah. right? Um, oh yeah, that's that was one of the scariest and, parts and, of being widowed was like, what in the hell am I going to do with my life now? <laughs> yeah. Right? So what could, could you, so like what were what was the life before, before he passed? Right. So like, um, as far mm-hmm. as like the family dynamic, right. So were you like a stay at home mom? Were you guys both working? Mm-hmm. Like, what did that kind of look like? He was the sole provider. I recently left the Mormon church, but I, we were Mormon. So very traditional, not like he was like a patriarchal a-hole, but he, he was the moneymaker. Sure. I was the stay at home mom. I loved it though. I loved being a stay at home mom. I was like, <laughs> I was built for that. Like, I could be with my kids all day, every day and not be, it's like bad. Like I need more friends, not children, <laughs> that's, but that's all right though. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. But, um, it was just very traditional. We were very happy. He had been through a lot of childhood trauma, but was the healthiest, happiest he'd ever been. Mm-hmm. He had always wanted a family and he always said he didn't really want to get married, but he wanted children. And so he thought maybe he should get married first. So I happened Fair. to be the person that he chose. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we, we had a great life. He was, he was CFO of a group of dealerships and, um, also sold minivans. And Mm -hmm. so like living the life, you know, we were very happy. We had two little girls and had lots of family support. He had some great friends. So just really just good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So like, yeah. it helps paint the picture of how starkly your life changed, right? Yep. Because um, my mind uh, immediately goes, to, when, I th- when, I, when I say change, right, there's tons of mm-hmm. ways to interpret that. But what I think about is like in the immediacy, uh, yeah. he's making, he's earning income and you're not. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yep. well, you know, either savings, family support, friend support, mm-hmm. or you got to start making money. And yep. why that's so starkly different is it changes your schedule. Now there's like daycare mm-hmm. things like logistics just change in, in the yes. immediate and logistics don't, they don't care about your emotions. They don't care yeah. about grieving time. They don't care about oh, totally. that, right? So logistics that's one thing I always that. talk so about like, with like, when it comes to like being widowed, I, I've heard people say like, oh, it's, it's hard as a mother to lose your child, even if they're adult. And then I've heard, oh, it's harder as the widow to take care of things after. I've heard both of these arguments, and I know that we shouldn't compare mm-hmm. grief. However, I think that right, for sure. it's different in that, like, as a mother, you should never bury your child. You shouldn't bury, you, your child right. should bury you. Like, my mom died a year before my husband died, and she was too young, but I buried her. She didn't bury me. That's different. So, like that pain for losing your child, even as an adult, I can't even fathom. Logistically speaking, it is so hard on the remaining spouse because of financials, because of trying, like, I'm trying to figure out what the F I do with my kids all day if I'm going to get a job. Like, and I don't have even dating. Like, that's one thing that's really different between like a divorcee and a widow, right? I don't have a parent to pass them off to for the weekend or for the next week or I, I, it's all me. Everything's me now. And so it's just like, I have to do all the doctor's appointments. I have to do all of the things. So 
there's complications that come with divorce too that I don't have to deal with. I don't have to deal with like a dramatic, uh, you know, ex or something like that, that yeah, co-parenting is rough, but there are some other things that just make it so logistically hard to move on after that happens. Like, like, it's just a lot. There's a lot. It's, it's it's all at once too. So yeah. I, I really feel for you, right? And the more the more we kind of like unfold this and like talk about it, it's I don't realize uh, certain little details where it's like, oh yeah, that too. Oh yeah, that too, right? Yeah. You bring up some good points. Like yeah, single parenting. Like for myself, right? I have so mm-hmm. Ellie's mom is here, and so we split time about fifty fifty, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a whole topic. But like it's passing out. You talk about passing off kiddo. For right. the weekend or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. that is super helpful. I've learned that like I'm yeah. grateful for that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like the time away gives me my own personal time. Uh, mm-hmm. I I personally tend to use that time to like crank out a lot of work yeah. uh, and, and goals. That way mm-hmm. when I'm with her or she's here, I can focus on her and still my goals because I want her to see how I work towards them and what totally. I'm doing. I don't want her to like not know. Um, totally. But it's just a different pace, different pace yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, you get someone else that just loves your kid endlessly and wants the best for them. So you don't have to worry about her when she's gone. You right. know what I mean? Like no one loves their kid like a parent. So that's that's one thing that's been for hard sure. for me is like even even when people who really love my kids take my kids away from me for like a break or whatever, it's different. It's different than their parent, you know? Yeah, it's not the same. I I understand so. that for sure. And so there's kind of two topics here, right? One is that, that I think could help some people, and this is why I ask these questions, right? So there's like the widow side of like, what did you do next as a widow? And then the, the topic of suicide, right? So I don't mm-hmm. know how much you dove into your, your husband as far as like why he did what he did, if you know, or like yeah. if that's a big, uh, that whole topic of being self-aware of, you know, tw- hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Yeah. And so... I had, I, I've had the luxury of talking to, I would say dozens of families, spouses, kids, grandparents, everybody, um, from my time as a police officer having to deal with suicides. That would be one of the first ones there. I forgot. I totally forgot that you were a police officer. You have dealt with this for sure. Oh, right. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Suicide is no, no, like no shock. I've, 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 I've never had to deal with it on a personal side. No one person Mm -hmm. that I know, um, no one's super close to me has, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I got some military buddies that did, but like just not yeah. the same as like a someone I see all the time. Not my right. spouse, like holy right. hell. Right, or your totally friend different. or whatever. Definitely right. dealt, yeah, exactly. I definitely dealt with dozens yeah. and dozens of those calls where I'm like the primary lead officer. So, and I, I see the aftermath for a few hours, right? I yeah. don't see the days and weeks and months after. So that, that's where I lack the experience or the the knowledge. So... Do you know what led up to it? And I asked that to try yeah. to help other people recognize certain things in, in their partners. Yeah, obviously I'm um, super open it, about it because, I mean, that's that's why I started talking about it because nobody did. And so I was like, well, <laughs> I can. But um, I, I, I'll i never know exactly why, for sure, because that that's sure. the nature of suicide. I can never know. It's not like he was able to say, this is exactly why I'm doing this before he did it because I didn't know he was going to do it. But um I have, and well, and over the years too, my opinion can slightly change and adjust. And I'm like, maybe more hindsight helps me. Maybe it removes me farther from the situation. So I don't see it as clearly. I don't know, but, but I'll give you my current reality and how I feel about it right now. I do, 
Sure. I believe that he'd struggled with suicide most of his life. I remember him telling me that when he was five years old, he said that he wanted to die. And mm -hmm. that's a weird thing for a five-year-old to say, you know, like that's not sure. in their vernacular. And so yeah. he had to get on antidepressants at like a really young age. He had a very abusive father um, who was long gone. Otherwise, I would be in prison right now because right. Fair enough. I would hurt him. <laughs> but uh, he... Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was very abusive. And so Denny kind of like, his name's Denny and my name's Danny. And it's really weird. And that's <laughs> a problem. But just so you know, uh, so, um, well, yeah. everyone was like, it's so cute. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's just so obnoxious. <laughs> and we named our first kid Winnie. That was a mistake. Oh, why? <laughs> but it's so cute, though. It's such a cute name. It is a good name. It is a good yeah. name. <laughs> Anyways, he he just he struggled his whole life, but but he had been to therapy. He'd done a lot of healing. He'd worked through a lot of it. He was even in therapy on and off throughout our marriage. He definitely struggled with OCD, and I also struggled with OCD. And looking back now, I can see that he had it. He, sorry. Just no. <laughs> processing. Um, oh, yeah, you're good. So he, um, he, he had become like super balanced in his life for the first time in his life. Like when I met him, he would like only be drinking energy drinks and eating tuna fish all day and going to the gym two times a day, seven days a week. Or he yeah. would be eating McDonald's for three meals a day. Like, just very extremes in all of his life. And I think that was the OCD kind of showing up. I'm not a mental health professional, but after discussing this with sure. his therapist and others, and um, he he had finally, like, like, he was eating normally. He was exercising normally. He was, like, financially, he'd always been really extreme one way or the other. And he was finally, like, so balanced. He was, like, really at a healthy place in his life. And... Um, was doing really well, but I think that he had never fully healed those things from his past, even though he'd attempted to, I don't think he actually healed them because he wasn't open with me that he struggled with suicidal ideation. I had no idea. I knew that he'd struggled with it as a small child, but I didn't even know if he struggled with it in his like teens and stuff, which I'm sure now because, because right. suicide doesn't come out of nowhere, right? It come, it, it's a, it's a process. It's like no one just right. flips and decides to die by suicide in a minute. That's not how it works. So, no. but I think, um, we found out about some abuse going on in our extended family and about, a, a family member of ours who had been sexually abused for 10 years of her life. She finally opened up about it. And I think that that triggered his PTSD from what he experienced as a child and because he was fine and then he wasn't. And I think when you don't really heal all of those wounds from your past and you get a trigger like that, it can just, you know, do a whole flip because he was fine. And then the next day he wasn't and he was like weird and he was like he would stay up for a week. He would stay up all hours of the night. He wasn't eating. He wasn't sleeping. He was pacing a lot. And the man got stressed out like he he was a stressed out person like he just if he had a bad month at work, he'd be like, oh my gosh, my life is over. I have to quit my job. And I'm like, okay, all right, we're doing this again. You've told me that every month yeah. of our whole marriage. Right, right. So, <laughs> so I thought it was another one of those, just maybe a little more extreme. You know, I couldn't tell that it was like so deep in him, but he wasn't like, like he was a complete weirdo and 
joking all the time. He wasn't joking that week. He wasn't being as funny. He wouldn't laugh when I'd like tease him about things. And like, it, it just, it was very weird, but, but we were talking about all the things we needed to do. Okay. Let's get therapy for you. Let's get therapy for me. Let's get therapy as a couple. Let's get our kids figured out. How can we protect our kids so that they don't have to deal with this trauma? How, you know, how can we prevent this? And then one night he just left and didn't come back. And it was within gotcha. like, yeah, I think 24 hours that he was gone. So how soon after that, that family event that kind of started the, it sounds like a week or two after is a week. Does yeah. That sound right. Mm-hmm. A week after mm-hmm. the incident with family. Okay. Interesting. Yep. So, uh, cause I was going to bring up that like, yeah, there's, this applies to not just suicide, but to other like stressors in people's lives is that like something can happen. It's like an event, right? Like yeah. the family issue where it triggers something. Mm-hmm. Now that yep. doesn't, when I you know, when I hear the word trigger, I think of like immediacy and like it's happening mm-hmm. now. And, and right. one week is immediacy, right? Yeah. But it's not like, it's not like a moment in time. Like yeah. oh, he like heard this, went, did this. Right. And yep. so I say that for people to, to recognize that you can be, tr- you know, a trigger can happen, an event can happen that, that, that makes you relive prior events in your mm-hmm. life or, or you start thinking of a new thing or it's a new stress. Um, so like divorce or mm-hmm. a breakup or, yep. a tr- you know, some kind of abuse situation mm-hmm. or something that helps re- or that helps, but something that, that reminds you of a prior situation and yeah. that, that little phase, I say little, but that phase can last, uh, you know, weeks, months, right? So yeah. You know, for like for me, it happens like whenever. I, so, like being a police officer, there's you know, I see all, I've seen all kinds of stuff, all the yeah, cliche I'm things sure. you might be thinking of, and so certain things still trigger, mm-hmm. um, trigger certain things, and like for me, they're pretty. I'm pretty good at like managing it, but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it'll stay with you for like. For me, it tends to just be like in the moment, like for mm-hmm. twenty minutes to a couple hours, and that's about yeah. it. I'm pretty good at car. car Compartmentalizing, I can't say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it compartmentalizing. Yes, away. yeah. But then I know that there's bigger stressors, like when mm-hmm. I had to go back to the courts to renegotiate, like renegotiate parenting schedules and parenting times yeah. and stuff. With like that's like a a looming, ongoing thing, right? Yeah. For months, and it's just kind of sitting there. So we were talking about um, like how we were going to help this family member, how we were gonna. We were about to buy a house, and we were like, okay, now let's buy a house that has a little like an extra bedroom or little apartment in it. So this family member can come and stay with us. So I think that it just kept, and we were talking about all those things and how we were going to fix it. And I think it was just too much. And then without, without sleeping and without eating and you know, it just, I mean, it makes you literally delusional. So all those things that seem horrible Mm -hmm. that are horrible, but they seem horrible. They seem 5 million times worse than they would if you were sleeping and eating and taking care of yourself and whatever. So I think it just got worse and worse in his mind and he wasn't communicating that. And honestly, like I, I get this, asked this a lot too. This is like the, like the big question. Do you think you could have done it? Like stopped it? Do you think you could have? And I know people feel uncomfortable asking that, but it's a question that people want to know. And I, I don't because he wasn't willing to be open with me. And so I think that's where like that healing before the trigger is so important. Like if you are able to deal with your triggers from being a police officer 
in the moment and work through it, that tells me that you've healed a lot and that you've done a lot of work on yourself where like, if it were to affect you and and the divorce stuff is more fresh. So you obviously haven't done as much healing. And so that can trigger things worse. Do you know what I mean? So I think you working on those things and doing as much as you can beforehand is what makes the difference in the long run. Cause I think if he would have put like, if he would have communicated to me, I would have been like, get your butt in therapy. Like, go do something about it, you know? But, but I think he, again, it's like, we could always go to the toxic masculinity thing where men are like, I don't talk about my feelings. I don't have a big feeling, uh-huh. right. which it's was very, a big part of his real. life. I, yeah, I think so. absolutely. I think, yeah. I think that's why a lot of uh, emergency responders and police officers and vets struggle with suicide. You guys are the highest risk. Like you guys in dentists, yeah, absolutely. did you know that dentists are at high risk? Dentists. Dentists? Yes. And veterinarians. Interesting. Veterinarians are another, um, one that is very strange, but That's it. high oh risk. God. I almost like want to understand. Yeah. yeah. There's so many. That's so interesting. I want to like that. I'm yeah. that a little bit more. But I, I think a lot of it is in those, um, professions you have not the veterinarian one necessarily. I don't know enough about that, but I know in police officers, in veterans, in, sure. you know, firefighters, it's toxic masculinity at its highest. Right. And I think it's getting better. Right. But I do think there's a lot of that pressure to not have feelings and not, I, I just saw a complete murder scene of three children, but I'm fine. You know? Right. It's an interesting combination because of like the type of person, um, to be say, a, you know, it's all relative, a good police officer, a good, uh, soldier, a good firefighter, right? You gotta be a tough yeah. person, I yeah. you know, cause you're going to see, you're going to see some shit. In yeah. So you gotta, you can't fall moment, apart. You can't fall apart in the moment, right? Like you just have to be very logistical, solve the problem, right? Do your job as quickly, efficiently, and safely as possible while maintaining like there's so many there's so many variables. It's it's really right. an intense job, but it's it's really right. it was really fun. I I really enjoyed it. Oh, if I can I guarantee can't my safety, if I can guarantee my safety and get paid more and see my daughter more, <laughs> that was a big big reason. Was Sounds to- like a few um, ifs, you know. <laughs> Honestly, if I could guarantee my safety, like money, I don't mm-hmm. care about like money is whatever, but like, if, uh, if I can see Ellie more like to where I'm at yeah. now, I would still, I would still do it for a while. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. I had a good group of people there, but yeah. it's the combination of like the type of person, the mentality yeah. you need as far as, as like being tough, you have to be able to just, uh, go numb for a little bit, especially right. in the moment, in the moment. Yeah. Um, but then the people that do see those things, they're going to be the, at the most risk because of that repetitive, uh, exposure to trauma mm-hmm. there, they need to be able to talk about it, but like, yep. And the have their feelings, per- but not in the moment. They need not to be able to shut down and just do the task. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's, 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 it's a yeah. hard combination of like the type true. Of person that can shut down and just, uh, shut it down and just do the job. And then to like open it up later, that yep. is, that is a unique individual. Uh, and you have to be able to open it en- enough to deal with it, but not to let it affect you on the next job because it's not like you get like a three week break in between murders. Like, yeah. you know, no. it, so you don't have like a month to deal with your issues. Like, so that it's, it's just like a really bad situation. It's, but it definitely is clearly why, you know, like it makes sense why that's Denny wasn't a vet or a first responder, but he, uh, he did have, his dad was a vet. And I think his Uh dad, his dad was also like, I mean, he would like 
beat the crap out of this kid when Denny was like three and be like, if you don't stop crying and be a man, then I'm going to keep hitting you. Like that was the kind of, so he had toxic masculinity drilled into him, like the worst kind of manliness drilled into him, you know, from a very young age. So, but yeah, no, you're right. It's a, It'd be interesting to go and now I have to think more about the dentist and veterinary thing because I've never thought of that in detail well, no, until my, my mind went to like you know the, the amount of stress it takes to get to that point in your life, the amount mm-hmm. of work, and then the amount of stress that job takes, and then yeah. um, you have to be right with like your decisions on the yeah. job, and so like teeth is permanent, right? If yeah. you mess up something, yep. uh, and then like and that can apply to so many, you know, so many career fields. Yeah. Yeah. Why dentists and veterinarian veterinarians. Yeah. I think veterinarians see a lot of trauma. It like it's, it's maybe on a different level, but, but I do think they see trauma and like, you know, they, people bring in their dogs that were hit by a car or the people have to put their cat down or whatever. Like I'm sure that can be really traumatic, but animal. Yeah. 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 Totally. So I, I mean, I'm sure that I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to interview a veterinarian and a dentist. Yeah, I could I could think of one person. Um, the last thing I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of kind of touch on that one was, you know, my experience as a police officer. I did get the added benefit of talking directly to attempted suicide survivors, right? So yeah. people that tried to commit suicide mm-hmm. uh, and then they did not complete the task, right? And mm-hmm. so there's a, there's very there's varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say real quick that like people that did a, do a, a complete full attempt at it and mm-hmm. survived, they and I, we asked them like, hey, like what goes through your mind right before and then right after, mm-hmm. and the immediate first thing after the attempt and they didn't die is that like I made a mistake, right? The moment they jumped yep. from the ledge, the moment they jumped from the ladder to hang themselves, or they pulled the trigger, uh, yep. and they and they they're still here. I'm still I'm still seeing stuff like they immediately regretted it. Every yeah. single one of them. 100% yep. regretted the decision. I've um, heard that too from every and, and attempted every every person who I know who has attempted one. suicide has said the same thing. Yep, immediate immediate regret. The moment they step yep. off the ledge or whatever like mm-hmm. and now they're dealing with like physical ailments because of they survived the fall or uh, yeah. of the, the 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 gun or the neck thing. So like yeah. uh immediate regret. But mm-hmm. they're grateful they're they're here and they survived mm-hmm. it is what they say. On to the widow side. <laughs> this is, so, this is such Easy transition. I love this. <laughs> so good. Enough about suicide. Let's talk about yeah. the, the, let's talk about you by yourself oh, over here, right? Such so, fun topics. <laughs> I really like talking about this because it's not mm-hmm. about me wanting to know your like specific story. I want to know your story. Like I do enjoy learning about you in like in hearing how you process. But for me, mm-hmm. I, I, I do know how many people are going to hear this. Uh, and they're just, they're not going to realize like, Oh my God, they're going through the same thing as I went through. And yeah. like, yes, yeah. someone gets it. And like, they're going to feel validated. Totally. Uh, and they're going to feel heard and seen because they are see- like, I want them to know that they are seen. Yeah. That's what I felt so, when I started watching your videos um, about suicide. dating. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all out here just yeah. doing our thing, trying to, trying <laughs> to survive. So, we're now, you're now a widow. You mm-hmm. have a 10 month old and a three year old. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. Little Ten girls. And three year old. Gosh, it's so little. Is I know. 
three years is such a fun age though. Um, I know it's so fun. And so Ellie's almost eight is such a fun age. Oh, I miss her being three years old sometimes. I know. But, uh, it's yeah. so little. I know. But, okay. So he drove away. He drove somewhere you said, and mm -hmm. then he never came back. Mm -hmm. How, so, okay, yeah, so we, we, you figure out he, he did the deed, he's gone. We can yes. pass that part, that's fine. We, and then, can, I, can I say something really quick? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. So um, committed suicide is kind of like an outdated term. So what we say now is that he died by suicide. Just because commit kind of um, gives this thing like it was like a crime or like a like a he oh. committed adultery or whatever. You know what I mean? Where it's like, no, he, he died of an illness. You know what I mean? Like it was... Yeah. you know, PTSD and depression. So just wanted to put that out there. We just say, um, died by suicide. Died by now. suicide. No, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I mean, you don't know yep. what you don't know. And I had never yeah. heard it yeah. phrased like that, but it makes sense. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I just tell people when I, when I hear that, but I think it's yeah. okay to no, educate. Uh, so dies by suicide. You, you guys figure that part out. And yeah, the and poor officer who did the death notification, it was his first death notification ever. Oh, I never mind. Holy hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've that's I've rough. run into him since then, and I'm like, I'm so sorry <laughs> uh, to be and hard. A, yeah, it's uh, that's a whole other topic. I could do a whole podcast on police life, but like, I just yeah. that's not what I talk about. But like, yeah, that's uh, that's a hard one because it's 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 not like Grandpa passed away, right? right? That was 87 years old, and he's like, yeah, we kind of knew he was going to pass away. Like, thanks, officer. Yep. It's it's the sudden, it's the it's the unknown. Yep. Um, some of the, like the preventable deaths, those ones are hard. So like car mm -hmm. crashes, mm -hmm. um, those are brutal. Yeah. Uh, and, and he so, had to see my little so girl coming up to me and being like, mom, he'll be home soon. Like that has to mess with you. You know? Yeah. I can't imagine. Yep. There's one I'm thinking of. Thank you. <laughs> no, Sorry. Speaking uh, of PTSD. No, it's no. I'm, I'm, you're, I'm just teasing. Totally fine. Okay. But it does. Okay, it brings good. up there was yeah five, yeah five and a thirteen year old right. We're doing CP, doing CPR on the mom in the next room over, and she she dies, and she, there's no dad, and so now the kids are left with the grandparents right. Oh my and, gosh. And you can five year olds asking like, hey, what's what are they doing with mommy? Been there like trying to like peek, and we're like, fuck, like trying to like keep the kid out. Uh, yeah. And just that whole process of like. We don't know if they've ever had a conversation of what death is. Do they know what it means? Yeah. Like, yeah. we talked to the grandparents, which were there, and they said they didn't want to do the conversation. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay, that's, I'll do it for you. So like, you guys fine. had to do it? Yeah, I had to, like, establish uh, their level of education of, like, what words mean what, right? So before we talk about, like, death, like, hey, do you know that a flower, like, do you, do you have any cats or dogs that, pat, you know, have you ever had any cats or dogs in the past or fish or something that, like, we can talk yeah. about the word death and, like, they understand, like, gone forever. Like, the whole point was trying to make sure they understand what gone forever means and, and death, and that is that is mom right now, right? And so it's, like, uh, trying to figure out the vocabulary. It's like with any child abuse investigation. You have to figure out their vocabulary, yeah. level of education, their understanding of what it means, um, yep. all these like, kind of steps to make sure they know logistically what just happened as far as yeah. gone forever. Um, Man. That's a whole topic. It's uh, not easy. No, not an easy one. And so so you get, you get notified by the police officer and mm -hmm. um, that scene happens. Uh, uh, I'm guessing there's a funeral, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yep. We did a funeral like a week after. Okay. Um, and then after funeral, Mm -hmm. Once I, I, I want to know about once things kind of settle down from like mm -hmm. the shock and awe of someone passing mm -hmm. that 
scene ends, which it might never end, but like yeah. the initial burst, right? Of mm -hmm. so I would say after the funeral at some point a week later, I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, and you're like, okay, logistically, shit, what do I do now? What was yeah. that point like? Well, I think, I think it's different for everybody. The way I deal with grief, I did it when my mom died the year before. Um, I go straight into action. I'm like, I have to get shit done. So I go straight into like, okay, okay where, where are all our bank accounts? I got to make sure I got all his passwords. Do I have his, you know what I mean? Like organizing, making sure everyone's aware. I was like on the phone all the time, going to the bank, going to the, just making sure everything was moved into just my name. Like just all of the things that you have to like signing a new will, because I'm like, worst case scenario, what if I get hit by a car tomorrow and my kids just lost, but who knows where my kids go? Like, yeah. so I had to like, I just like got shit done that first, like even that week before the funeral, I was just like on top of it. And so it's like a coping mechanism, not necessarily you're healthy. Real, you're reliving it. Like every transaction. Yep. I just thought about that. Like, you know, getting a new password, getting a new yep. ID card, getting, or what, you know, getting new loan documents, mortgages, yep. like every little, every little transaction of getting his name mm -hmm. off of something or notifying someone, you're reliving that for, yep. Cause they're going to ask, Oh, why? Right. And they're like, Oh, my husband died, you know? And then it's like, and it doesn't stop because there will be three years later where someone calls me and says, Hey, I just found this from when Dennis Bates had this, the exam done on him. And we have, and I'm like, Oh, he died three years ago. And they're like, and then there's the whole uncomfortable conversation. And it's like, it, it doesn't stop right. for sure. It's, Every time I have to pull out the death certificate, it's it's like that definitely is triggering every time. It just reminds you. But I was definitely yeah, trying to get that is so ongoing. Yeah. Yep. It's wow. weird. Whole it still hasn't level stopped. Of respect and like yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but like I just no, really stood no. out to me that like that is yeah, literally ongoing, right? With even on I say this because I want people to know that like I I hear it now and I see it. So like any document where it's like I think of school because Ellie just mm -hmm. you know she's second grade now, but you know mom's name dad's name then like yep. um you know where's the second parent and like yeah, the, the questions that and you who can ask, check right? out your and kids and um like who all your kids out from daycare on on every when i registered winnie for kindergarten like a year and a half ago now she's in first grade right now and when i was registering for it oh. i remember they didn't have an option for like like it was like are you divorced and that it was like it said, like, is there a custody agreement on the registration papers? They asked if there's a custody and if there's a divorce, but nothing about death. And I was like, it just was like a really like, oh shit. Like my kid is not experiencing something that every kid experiences. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. it's just so like, it's something that like, and while there's still not that many, like, I mean, what is it? Like 50% divorce marriages end in divorce, but like, right for her to be five years old starting kindergarten, it was like, she's like the weirdo now. She is the one who doesn't have a dad that everyone else has a dad. Even if their parents don't live together, she still has a dad. And so that has been definitely hard for me, for Winnie. She like, when she did her like presentation on who she is, you know how they have their like about me stuff that they do in yeah. these younger grades. And she, she was sobbing the night before and saying, I don't want to put pictures of my dad on there because I don't want to have to tell people what happened. Like, oh my gosh. it's, yeah. So it's weird. Those things that you don't even like, I didn't consider that back when he died. Cause she was three, she wasn't even right. preschool yet. So 
I'm starting to have to, I, I feel like I grieve a new thing every, every time they have a birthday. It's like, he's not here for this year now. He's not here for this cool experience. Piper's right. in preschool now. He doesn't get to be here for preschool or for her kindergarten. And like that you grieve different things that will happen the rest of their lives. When they get married and have babies, I will still be grieving that they can't have, they right. will be grieving that their dad can't be here, you know? So yeah, yeah it definitely doesn't stop the. So what the, is one thing you do to, to help that when, the, when those new things come up, uh -huh. what's a trick, what's a trick or what's a mechanism or uh, uh, how do you manage that? My way of handling it. And I've learned it is, I don't want to be biased, but I think it's the best way to handle it because I think, I think because Denny was in denial of a lot of his stuff for so long, um, I have become the opposite of that. Like I am like, so like, we feel this feeling right now. Like if I'm sitting, like, for example, I went to a Walmart to return a gift that I had bought Denny. This is like six months after he died. I'm like, I got to return this gift that I bought him because I'm never going to use it. It was like a sous vide meat cooker thing. And I don't, sure. I, I'm not going to use it. So I'm taking yeah. it to Walmart and I'm like, they'll, they'll return it for me, right? Like they, they'll understand. Right. I gave it to him and he died three months later. So he never had a chance to use it. So I, I like go to the thing and to, up to the register and the lady is like, I'm so sorry. We can't do that. And I burst into tears and I'm like, yeah. my husband is dead. Like, and I don't, right. I don't try and use that, but I, but I felt right. it in the moment. It was just like such a harsh reminder. Like you can't, you can't get this a hundred dollars back because your husband died and it sucks right. because he's just never going to use it again. And like, but I try and make it a goal to just feel it in the moment. Like if Winnie is just feeling it, then I want her to cry. I want her to feel it out. I want her to sob. I want her to get all the feelings out. I want her to talk about it because that's the only way we're actually going to deal with it. If we just pretend like it didn't happen, if we just keep ignoring it, if we just say, oh, daddy's in heaven and everything's fine. Like even that, like, not that I don't believe in heaven. I don't know what I believe in. I'm agnostic, but sure. like, but like that doesn't fix every, he's still not here. So like, let's deal with the fact that he's just not here. And it's okay that we're sad about that. And it's okay that it sucks. And it's okay to like be mad when I have to t go up to the registration place and say, Hey, I'm not divorced. My husband's dead. So what do you want me to put on this paper? Like, yeah. it's okay. You know, that it's, that it's miserable. Cause it is. Do you, is that a thing for widows? I've, I've noticed that because I've gotten the comment a few times, mm -hmm. only, only a handful of times to where I was like, to where I, I, there, I think there's something there where it's like the option of like, you know, single, married, separated, divorced. Mm -hmm. There's no widow option on like mm -hmm. any form I've seen. Um, yeah. I and I don't feel of. like I'm single because I, like I had a partner for so many years right? and we had two beautiful children together and had a happy, loving marriage. What do you put? You put single on there or separate? Yeah. If I have to, or I'll, right, so I guess. or I'll make my own category and right? widows, <laughs> <laughs> dead husband <Yes>. category. <laughs> I love that. Just own it. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's, cause I, I never see that in any, in any form. Sometimes uh, they have it. Sometimes they don't. And oh, really? okay. I've yeah. noticed it. Okay. So, so what did you do? So like to get back on it, cause I, mm -hmm. this, that was good. Those are good tangents though. I like it. Uh, sorry. No, it is. I, I helped, I helped nurture that tangent for sure. Uh, like, what would you do next? Like what, how did you keep moving forward? Mm -hmm. You had the, so you mentioned the logistics of like mm -hmm. getting your names over all the loans, housing, yeah. banking statements, all that stuff, ID cards yeah. or whatever. Um, and then, so you had to get a job, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, so for the first, 
Yeah, for real. Well, so Denny and I were actually saving up to buy a house. So we did have, and we were going to pay the 20% or whatever, you know, right. up front for the house. So we did have some savings. And then, um, I, uh, also some people did like some fundraisers for me that were super awesome. Like people went nice. completely out of their way to do really awesome things for me and my girls in those early months. And, then like at Christmas, someone sponsored our Christmas for like the first two years. So nice. we were really awesome. taken care of. And I felt really grateful because I felt like I needed to be at home with my girls for that first year. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't right. abandon them. And you do get, as a widow, usually you get social security. If your uh, spouse has paid anything into, into taxes, then you get, That's right. but it's, it's not much. doesn't even cover yeah. like my rent, you know? So, um, but we were able to live off of that the first year. I am very careful with my money because yeah. I've had to make it last. I did, then I got a job as a seamstress. I've like sewn for a few years. And so I just did some seamstress work for a baby clothing company for a while. And then I took this, this last summer off and then I haven't started working yet. Again, I do make some money through social media, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. So all just kind of like adds up. And then I'm going to start, I, I do like gift wrapping every holiday season and make a couple grand doing that you know i i try and you gotta follow we gotta get you some brand deals gotta... i know i know i i've gotten the ones where you. they're like we'll give you 10 percent off if you share a code and i'm no. like i don't have time no. for that sorry no but <laughs> but when i do put out a good uh good reel i get i get a couple hundred bucks you know like like when um i don't know if you saw piper's reel that went viral recently it got like 14 million views but really oh, fast but it was like it was her talking about it's the younger sister and she was saying how she's sad because her Winnie lost her tooth and she was right. sad that Winnie came out of my vagina first because that means they can't be twins and she oh, says the word vagina so oh, clearly yep and she says vagina so clearly <laughs> yeah so that like that got me a couple hundred bucks so it's good when when people share my stuff it's super helpful but yeah, it's, and, and my, my stuff isn't for everyone. So I get it. Like it's heavy. So I don't, it's not like I can just get an easy following that, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's heavy stuff, but it, but it, it definitely is healing to be able to share that stuff. So it's worth it, but it's definitely heavy. So I don't have, I'm not like to a like wide audience. With, like betterhelp. I think it's called betterhelp. Yeah. I feel like, that yeah, I should reach out to it. them. That would be pretty good. Yeah. If, if they start talking, if they start asking your rate, like you could call me first and yeah, I'll, I'll message I'm, you and ask I'm you. all about the creator economy. And like, I, I, yeah. I love finding out people's like rates and everything. So like I have, a, yeah. I have an okay a good understanding. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I would love to be able to just do social media and stay home with my girls most of the time. I mean, social media is a lot of work. I yeah. like it's, I don't think people realize how even just doing it like mostly for fun and for educational purposes. Yeah. It's a lot it's, of work. So trying to make money off of it, it's a lot, but at least I could be with my kids, you know, it's just, it's like, I, it's just hard sending my kids like to the neighbors for the day so that I can work or to like, and yeah. hope in two years, my kids will both be in school full time. So that'll help a lot, but school I'm hoping, hoping I can make it through the next two years before I have to get like a full time job. Yeah. School helps a ton. I get a lot mm -hmm. done when she's there, even though it's like, yeah she's in school for like, I don't like, what is it? Seven hours or something like yeah. that. So like yeah. with drop off and pick up, there's like an hour missed right there. Yeah. So you get like yeah. five and a half, six hours of 
of like dedicated time. Yeah, everyone um, was like, oh, when Piper gets in preschool, you'll have so much time. I'm, I'm like, I have one hour, two times a week. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's pretty minimal. Like, it's, <laughs> and it's usually like enough to like, it depends on where their preschool's at. If it's like, I remember Ellie's preschool yeah. was like a 20 minute drive. Yep. Like, and so it's like, it's a like 15 hour. minutes. Yeah. I go there, I would go to the gym, get groceries, pick her up. And like, that was it. Yep. <laughs> like, that was my. Yeah. Yeah sweet <laughs> yeah my kids I'm I'm really lucky I really do think some people just get like easier kids than other people I know parenting has to do with it but I do feel like I have really easy kids like they're like they have their trauma issues but like other sure. than that they're just really good obedient yeah bright happy kids I'm that very lucky easy. if there's a god easy. up there god was like your life's gonna be shit so I'm gonna give you some easy <laughs> kids so that they can get you through it because you Too know funny. No, yeah Ellie's actually Ellie's been super easy like she only threw up i think three times as a baby and twice was because like oh I my just, gosh i just fed her and i was like playing with her too rough yeah i'm like ah, yeah that's a, that a fucking oh, count that's but, like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah that's your own fault dude <laughs> things like that like she had, like yeah. two blowout diaper like bad blowout diapers i guess yeah like, uh, she never cried really like i don't know um, oh, my kids had just, those issues, but they, but they're obedient. They listen. They're like, like they both are sticklers yeah. for the rules. They both like, they'll keep other kids in line if they're not listening at school. She's a rule so. follower for sure. Yeah. It's funny. Like, yeah. I, I, I follow rules. Like as you know, the whole uh -huh. police officer life, like it's, it's yeah. kind of in, inherent in me. Yeah. I'm pretty laid back because I've, I learned to like not sweat the small things and there's lots yeah. of s small rules or like. Yeah. Totally. Rules, just like acceptable things where I'm like, yeah. all right, like calm down. Like, well, I think I just, minus like a, some sort of like, um, like ADHD or something. I know those that can affect how children behave and stuff, but take out those. Like if your kids are relatively like you can trust them to do like the right tasks, then you don't have to give them a lot of rules and you can just kind yeah. of like guide them more than give them a rule. You know what I mean? I I'm not a parenting expert, but that's what's worked for me. And right, I, I definitely give her I give her guardrails, um, and I know yeah. because my mind my mind always goes to the fact that uh, you know when she's 18 or when she grows mm -hmm. up, she's it's she's her own person. She's gonna make her yeah. own decisions, and so yeah. I can't force. There's very few times I yeah. ever like force a decision on her, right? Like at ever yep. because because that's not how life's gonna work for her, yeah. and and so it's not helping her prepare totally so, like, i i let her make her own decisions right i'll explain yep. like and i won't even I won't, I won't even try to guide her i won't even try to like, lead her to what i want her to yeah. do like deep down i want her to do like these things over here it's yeah gonna be great right yeah but, like, that doesn't fucking matter what i think <laughs> it's not yeah. gonna matter yeah so like i tr i do try to explain like she asked me about college the other day which mm -hmm. was, I was like that was a weird question to ask like <laughs> i think I'm, like she like mentioned college and like after high school like okay like, you're eight fuck? like all right like <laughs> let's have this conversation. Like, you know, what are your thoughts? Or what do you, what do yeah. you mean? Like, wh where did you hear this? And why do you think that? And like, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. So I, I just, I just explained different options that I know and see, right? Yeah. So you could not graduate high school. You can graduate high school and start working. You can okay. go to a trade school. You can go to a community college. You can go to a university. You can go to mm -hmm. masters. You can take a year off and travel. You can start, you know, like, I just like, here's what the, you can start a business. Like, uh, uh, I'm big on that one. And like, I just like yeah. laid out, like, here's what, you can do mm -hmm. right these are here's all your you, options here's what each of them look like right mm -hmm. and so um one topic we've been coming talking about so like there's there's this, this tiktok channel salary transparent street 
that t- it's basically like Glassdoor or in, they actually they just got sponsored by Indeed, but like um, they walk around asking people like how much, what do you do, how much do you make, right? Is like That's the question. Awesome. Yeah. And and so like I just started showing her some of the cool yeah. videos because like so her mom's a teacher, I mm-hmm. was a police officer, and now I do mm-hmm. like loans in like mm-hmm. in social media stuff and run a business and like I have real estate and so like I just kind of show her different things, but that helps her see like I'm a data scientist, I'm a manager i'm a this i'm a that i'm a whatever that's awesome and like then and then she asked about like well how much does college cost i'm like well it's yeah for the four-year degree it's relatively the exact same you know if, if you go to the same school it's mm-hmm. relatively very very the exact same but you get mm-hmm. to pick your degree well what degree do you need for this one well you typically need this degree or that degree or this and yeah. it's like but that one makes a lot more i'm like it does make a lot more doesn't it ellie yeah <laughs> like yeah. it does like, it does come to your own conclusions and <laughs> yeah it does but you have to like what you do yeah totally um, there's not many careers that require a four-year degree right yeah. like as far as like the specific skill set you learn in your four years degree is yep. directly applicable to Anyways, I have a huge tangent yeah. I off of. But like, no, I, I went to university and... and don't use my degree. So I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, but like on the topic of kiddos, like, yeah, easy kid. Yeah, I could talk about yeah. all these things all day long. But yeah. Okay. Um, to bring it back in to kind of round this, this whole interview out, this whole conversation. Um, if someone was just recently widowed, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason they're widowed, what's. Mm-hmm. What's one piece of, you know, a couple pieces of advice you would give them on like what to do next, right? Whether That's they're one question. day removed from widow mm-hmm. or one year removed from mm-hmm. widow, but they feel kind of stuck. Um, That's a really good question. I think one thing that so many people told me and I hated it, but now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's great advice is to not make any major life decisions in the first year. I, um... I, let me, let me just tell you, I dated someone about like 10, 10 months in and I'm really glad that that didn't work out. So my life is very different now than it was that first year. So I think your life just changes so much and it evolves so much in that first year. And I'm like, like I'm the same core person, but I'm really very different than I was like three and a half years ago when that happened. So I think giving it a good solid year even longer if you can't like two years out, I was different than I was one year out three years out, I was different than two years out. So I think like, just give yourself time, especially before dating before like selling your house, unless there was like some big trauma. I know a lot of like suicide widows specifically had the suicide in their house. And so they have to move like, or they want to stay because of that, whatever, whatever you have to do. But if there's not some big trauma, like try not to move, try not to change your kids' schools, try not to do anything too drastic in that first year, if at all possible. Obviously, finances come into play there. Like, family support comes into play. There's lots of different things that can affect that. But if you can, just stay as stable as possible. And I think that's like a good rule for the next 10 years for your kids is just keep them as stable as possible. Um, Another thing I would say is to get your ass in therapy immediately. I don't care what he died from or she died from, if you're a widower. I don't care if it was like cancer that they had for 10 years or if it was like a car crash that happened suddenly one day. Get in therapy. Get some help because everybody needs therapy at some point in their life, literally everyone. No matter how you lose your spouse, it's traumatic. It's traumatic. 
and you're going to have to learn how to only parent your kids and guide your kids through that. So get in therapy, get your kids. Winnie started therapy two weeks after Denny died. She was three years old and she is like, you could ask anyone who knows her. She's the most emotionally intelligent six-year-old you ever meet in your life. It's like a I little weird. That. She calls me out in my shit sometimes. So I love that though. It's yeah. just like being aware. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, she's so emotionally aware. So, so good about it. So, um, I think those would be like the two main things. And then, oh, here's one other really good one. Ask for help and like, just be okay with that. You're going to need a lot of help for a while. I will literally like, I cannot tell you the amount of furniture that I've moved myself and broken some of it because I'm doing it by yeah. myself. Cause I'm a five foot two <laughs> small person. I, yeah. I will do whatever I can do without help, but sometimes I have to have help and I have had to learn how to ask for it and be okay with getting it. I hate being the person that needs to be helped, but I keep, I have to remind myself that like, it's not my fault. I'm here. It's not my kid's fault. We're here. If I don't accept help, I'm not going to be a good enough mom for them and they're not going to thrive. So if I can accept help, get breaks, get support, get someone to help move my furniture for me, get, you know, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. like even, even people who made like little snack bags of veggies for me, cut up veggies for me that first year, like things like yeah. that made such a huge difference in my like mental health and being able to survive. And like, I just had to learn to be like, please. Yes, I'll take it. Like, rather than being like, I'm fine. I can do this myself, which is my nature. So I, I think widows and widow, wid, widowers, widowers <laughs> have to learn how to accept help. And it's hard, but you just have to do it and get over yourself. Get over yourself. I love that. Yeah. No, it's good. That's, that's <laughs> great advice. I, I hope anyone that needs to hear that hears that somehow. I'll make that a clip, a clip for social media to post on there. That's a great one. Again, thank you for being here. This is an amazing conversation. I do love this. Like this, it's such thank a topic you. that is not talked about. Yeah. There's not a lot of people talking about it. I love diving into these types of things, um, and it's because it, it's so helpful. I feel like, and it's mm -hmm. and one thing that I took away that I forget is like the uh, is the fact that it's going to repeat, repeatedly come up whenever you have to fill out paperwork for school, yeah. for sports, for doctors, or the about me when she, when at have, school. When they, yeah, and have kiddos. Yeah. Yeah, all those, all those things. things. So it's like, it's like, a rep like it happens once, but like it's ongoing. And so yeah. you have to have like these management, stress management techniques and, yeah. and, and coping mechanisms to just, it is what it is. Like, this is your life. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cool. Get over yourself. And like, let's, what's yep. next? What are we going to do? Like, how are we Suck gonna it up. What, what, that whole thing. <laughs> Go to some Suck therapy. Up, right? like, <laughs> just right? handle like, your shit. Yeah. Process it. Cool. Yeah. This is the new life. Yeah. Fuck. And it's okay right, to well, have a freaking meltdown if you have to, like, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I still have meltdowns three and a half years later and I'm, I'm into four years of therapy deep. Like I am like very self-aware trying yeah. to be, I am like at my best self that I feel like I've ever been. And I still, and I have lots of support and I built this great system and I still have meltdowns. Like it's, I had a month last month that I was just a mess and like, that's okay. Then I like yeah. wake up after that month and yeah. I get my shit together and I get moving again. So it's, it's just what you have yes. to do. You know, it's okay. People, it is yeah. okay. Moving forward. <laughs> we got to keep moving forward. You got to keep yep. just stepping up. So yep. I love that. 
All right. Well, uh, is there anything they can do to support you? Buy cl- like merchandise or like do you have anything to sell people? I love, love giving you a chance to plug yourself. I got told recently that I buy a a hater that I have a cult because every time someone says something mean about me, I have like 25 people go to defend me very, like very harshly. (laughs) And so I'm like, I guess I need a merch line. If I have a cult, like you can't be a cult and not all wear the same clothes. So I'm going to work on a merch line and, um, it just, it just seems like the right thing as a, as myself, as a cult leader, what I should do next. And, um, (laughs) And just support my social media, share my stuff if it resonates with you, if it helps you in any way, like share it, follow me. I'm on TikTok, Instagram. I have on Facebook is my most followers. I have like 90,000 there. So I have, I, and then Instagram and then TikTok I is growing slowly, but surely. So, um, but just following me and sharing it. Um, TikTok is DA Bates fam. Like the Bates fam. I don't know why I did that. I thought I was Got cool. I'm not, it. I'm not a cool person. <laughs> and, um, then Danny Bates, Danny dot Bates on Instagram and then just Danny Bates on Facebook. So B A T E S oh. is the last name. So B A T E S. Love yep. it. Cool. Yep. All right. So, well, sweet. Well, I appreciate you being here. I love the conversation. Thank you so much um, for having me. It's going to help a lot of people. I really believe that. So, yeah, I think so too. I All hope right. so. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to this conversation. If you want more content and behind the scenes from this episode, join my Patreon at the link in the notes. If you want to support this podcast and never miss an episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps me tons, so thank you much. Now get out there and keep moving forward. Let's go.